What up, guys? It's Bobby. So in this week's episode, I'll take some time to kind of talk about and reflect a lot about uh, Ranger Regiment and what it's like to be an FSO in Ranger Regiment. Uh, talk a little bit about how I got the regiment in terms of you know Ranger School or RASP, and then I kind of shift into what like what life is like as an FSO between training your guys, training your FOs, between training events, between uh, supporting uh, company missions, um, and kind of like cool training events that you do as an FSO and as a fires guy in the regiment. And then kind of close out some uh, some tips and some uh, advice for those that really are desiring to go this route of becoming an FSO in Ranger Regiment. Uh, I will say that it is not easy to become an FSO in Ranger Regiment, it, but it is an absolutely fulfilling and rewarding experience and one that I would never trade for anything in my life. So this week's episode is brought to you by Paragon Recovery. Uh, if you're struggling with sleep, if you're struggling to fall asleep, stay asleep, to even get a good night's sleep, uh, I would recommend hitting them up, getting their night gain supplement. Uh, it has improved my sleep drastically. Um, I'm able to kind of sleep through the night, getting more slow wave sleep, and really waking up feeling super refreshed and ready to hit the next day's training and um, work that I need to get done. If also they are anti-inflammatory supplement, their flame off supplement is a great supplement if you're feeling like the body's feeling a little worn down, it's a little little achy, a little sore uh, after from training. It's a great product. Uh, I feel great when I take it. Uh, when I do my two days and I'm putting a lot of stress on my body, uh, the flame off really does wonders to help improve my. Uh, my joint stiffness and kind of like my joint pains that uh, I've accumulated over the years. And then if you're not in the DOD, they make some great CBD products um, that I'll probably get into in a future podcast talking about CBD and the benefits of CBD. Uh, but if you're in the DOD, technically it is banned for you. And if you piss hot for CBD, oh, if you piss hot for THC, or are found to be using CBD, you'll probably get separated from the military. Uh, so if you're in the DOD, probably wouldn't recommend taking CBD. Uh, but if you want to hit up any of your supplements, use the code CRONUS15 uh, for 15% off. And if you're military or first responder, uh, hit them up directly for an additional discount. Next thing I want to talk about is, of course, the CRONUS Scholars Program. Uh, we are still accepting applications for another week or another week and a half or so. We're going to the end of September, September 30th. Uh, we've had a couple applications, but uh, like I've said in the past, we have money and we want to support you guys as you guys are separate from the military and begin the next step of your life. Uh, so for those that are starting school, uh, already in school, just apply for the scholarship. It's not that much work. It's like two essays, about... 500 words total, send us some paperwork, picture, and then we will try to hook you guys up with a scholarship. Uh, also, CrossFit Open is rapidly approaching. I think we're about uh, three weeks out from the Open. Uh, so use uh, when you sign for the Open, in your profile, use the hashtag CronusFit. 
so that we can track you on the Cronus Fit leaderboard. Uh, top five guys or girls will get a t-shirt, uh, free t-shirt, and then if you beat me in the open, we will send you another t-shirt. Uh, honestly, I'm probably not very well prepared for the open. Uh, being down here in San Antonio, I have not been able to train as much as I would like. Uh, I'm not sleeping that much. I'm uh, just working a lot. So my conditioning and my fitness is definitely on a downward trend. Uh, hoping to pick back up right for the open, but uh, hopefully we'll see if my fitness stays pretty good uh, for the open. Uh, so there's a good chance that you probably might beat me in the open. That's what I'm saying. Uh, if you're pretty fit, so sign up for the CrossFit Open. Use hashtag CronusFit in your profile so that you get tracked for the leaderboard, so we can send you some free swag. Um, We've got some other stuff coming out in the works. Uh, we've got hoodies coming up soon uh, for the store. PSL season is coming, or is already here, excuse me. PSL season is here. Shout out Sean. Uh, so we'll have hoodies up pretty shortly in the store uh, so you can get your hoodie game up. Um, uh, also, I think the last thing I'll pitch is to... Uh, Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, drop a review. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. Um, give us like any critiques you might have or just any comments. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, it really helps. It actually kind of makes us feel pretty good uh, getting positive feedback. Um, we don't get it too often, but we, when we do get it, uh, it's a nice pat on the back because, I mean, you know, we are a nonprofit. And I'll say right here now, Sean and I don't take any money out of Cronus Fit. All the money goes to either running the site, uh, running our initiatives and scholarships, and then or donating to other nonprofits. Like when I say that Sean and I do this out of out of the bottom, out of the love of our hearts, it is literally out of the love of our hearts. We don't get any we don't take any money out of the account for our personal gains or for our personal reasons. It all goes for you guys, for helping support you guys, helping support um, our scholars, helping to support other nonprofits, and really giving back to the military and veteran community. Uh, so that is our big mission, is to give back. So I promise you, um, we don't get any any money out of this. Like I just, we sacrifice our own personal times and uh, our personal effort to to help you guys out. So we love when we get some feedback because it really makes it all worthwhile for us like when we hear that, that you guys pass ranger school got your tab pass selection or just just crushing it uh, we just love to hear you guys uh, give us that feedback because it really kind of makes it worthwhile for us like and then like, like we put a lot of time and effort into this so it's just nice to get some some feedback and to get be recognized for it you know not to sound like a self-serving or anything but anyways uh i'll but I digress. Uh, without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast about life as a Ranger FSO. Let's go. What up, guys and girls? It's Bobby coming to you live from San Antonio what up anyways so i want to take a moment this week to talk about my life as a ranger fso 
Uh, this last week on our Q&A sesh, we had a lot of questions, actually like a ton of questions about RASP2, about uh, what's it like to be to work in Ranger Regiment, and then specifically what's it like to be an FSO in Ranger Regiment. So today, I just want to take some time, kind of talk about how I got to Regiment as an FSO, what my life was like there, and kind of like my tips or advice for anyone that's uh, interested in pursuing the same path. So, uh, as some of you guys may or may not know, I was a West Pointer. Uh, at West Point, I chose to branch FA. Uh, it was kind of interesting why I chose to go FA. Uh, I actually chose to go FA because I did not want to go to Ranger School, ironically enough. Uh, I knew I wanted to do something kind of operational, quote-unquote operational, or to do stuff where, with like the maneuver elements, but I didn't want to be constrained or have to feel like I had to go to Ranger School. So I chose to go to FA because it wasn't mandatory to go to Ranger School, to be an FA officer, essentially. So I did that. Went to Bullock at Fort Sill. At Fort Sill, did pretty well in Bullock. Graduated Commandant's List. Went to JFO. Did JFO. And then went to Fort Lewis to 2nd ID. Uh, was assigned to 4th Brigade 2nd ID. Uh, so my they were deployed when I showed up. Uh, so I showed up at Fort Lewis and processed. And then kind of deployed within three weeks of showing up. Which was kind of great. I mean, I didn't get settled in. I moved there, put all my stuff in storage, and then just deployed. And it was a great deployment. At least it was a good experience of deployment. Uh, I showed up overseas, and then I got a job as the FSO for a CAV company or CAV troop. Uh, 2-1 CAV, Cherokee Troop 2-1 CAV. It's a great unit, actually. I had a great company or great troop. Great FSNCO. Uh, he was uh, E6 at the time. He uh, had deployed like something like six years at that point uh, between uh, fourth ID and like second ID. Uh, just kept constantly deploying, pretty much deployed like every year. So he was like in Iraq through the surge. And he could, had been to spend more time probably overseas than he had in America, uh, which was super impressive. So I was super lucky with my FSNCO who really took a, a uh, kind of mentored me and kind of shaped me into becoming the FSO that I, I became. Uh, so that deployment, all we did were pretty much counter IED or counter IDF patrols around CAF. That was pretty much a mission was the counter IDF mission for CAF. So pretty much every time they shot rockets on CAF, we drive out to the site and try to get some intel from the site, and then we would just drive around pretty much doing um, denial patrols throughout CAF, uh, CAF surrounding fields. So it wasn't like a super exciting deployment, honestly. Uh, it was more so just a good introduction to the army, deployed life, and kind of a taste of that. So I came back from deployment and then uh, pretty much applied to go to ranger school. And I was really motivated to go to ranger school, not because of, I guess not really because I wanted to be a ranger. It was more so because uh, on deployment, so my company, my troop was part of a task force. Inside of this task force, we had an infantry company. And we had a couple of like joint missions with the infantry company, but they only had one tab infantry officer out of all the lieutenants, all the PLs in this company. And this one lieutenant thought he was like the hottest shit ever. Like he just carried himself in this arrogant demeanor, thought he was better than everybody else. And you know, and then on this appointment, I was like, you know what? This guy ain't shit. 
You know, he's not something special. He's not that physically fit. He just has a tab, and he thinks he's all that. So I'm going to go to Ranger School and get my tab just so I can prove to everybody else it's not that hard. <laughs> it's probably not the best reason to go to Ranger School or the best motivation, uh, but it's like a different conversation that I'll probably save for a different day to talk about. So pretty much came back from deployment. I was in amazing shape from deployment. Uh, all I did was pretty much do two-a-days for five months straight while we were deployed. Um, would wake up get a workout in, start the day, do a patrol or whatever, come back from patrol, work out some more, and then go to sleep and get like seven or eight hours of sleep every night. It was great. Like all I did was eat, sleep, work out, and every now and then we do some patrols. Uh, because I was at the company FSO, I was I rode with the CO and his, uh, his striker. So it wasn't like we were going out every day uh, with the commander. So whenever the commander would roll out, I'd roll out with him. So it ended up being like every two or three days we'd go out on a mission. So pretty chill deployment, not going to lie. Um, so I came back, was in awesome shape. So I dropped my packet to go to Ranger School. In order to go to Ranger School, out of second ID, you had to do every like a selection process. So we had to do a battalion selection. We had to do a brigade selection. And then we needed to do division selection, which was a huge pain in my ass. We had to do, like, we did pretty much like three rap weeks back to back to back. The first one at battalion level. Once he passed the battalion level, we went on to brigade level, <laughs> which we did the same exact shit. And then after the brigade level, we went to the division level and did another rap week. So it was three rap weeks back to back to back. Like, not a problem really to pass all the, the, the rap week requirements. Uh, so then I got my slot to go to ranger school. Uh, and then from second ID to go to Ranger School, they signed you up for RTAC previous, uh, prior to Ranger School, which for any of you guys who have the ability or the option to go to RTAC, which is the National Guard Pre-Ranger course, I would highly, highly, highly recommend going to RTAC. I thought it was like the best representation of Benning phase and Darby phase like you could possibly get. Pretty much, it's like not really a fail course. I don't think they really drop you for anything unless it's like for medical or anything else. They don't drop you fit for PT standards. Well, they probably probably they probably should because most people just go to RTAC and then go straight from RTAC to Ranger School. So if you're not meeting the physical standards at the beginning of RTAC, you're probably gonna fail Ranger School. But I digress. I thought it was a great representation of of Darby phase, and I kind of really attribute my success in Ranger School to a lot of what I learned in RTAC and experience in RTAC. So I did RTAC, graduated that, went to Ranger School, did that, recycled Florida, graduated. And then uh, graduated April 25th, 2014. And the reason why I remember that date is because it was my birthday. <laughs> when I started school, I kind of jinxed myself because I saw that my class graduated like the beginning of April. The class after mine graduated on my birthday. So I kind of thought to myself, oh, that'd be kind of cool to graduate on my birthday. And sure enough, I recycled and graduated on my birthday, which uh, was kind of cool and everything, but... I would have much rather have gone straight through, um, but it is what it is. I got my tab, and then uh, I kind of—I don't know if I talked about it in other podcasts, but basically, I didn't even know what Ranger Regiment was until I got to Ranger School. Uh, I had a couple of <laughs> bad boys in my platoon, my squad, in my platoon, and those are pretty cool, pretty great dudes, really good guys that kind of uh, taught me like re- what Ranger Regiment was and like what they did. So. Based on like kind of what they told me, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like these guys are pretty fucking elite. Uh, and then I wanted, of course, to be in a company of elite men at the best, at the highest level I could possibly be. 
So I came back from ranger school and then dropped my packet to go to RASP too. So I got back April, like eight, late April, dropped my packet in like May, and then went to RASP in like August or something like that. Like five months later, so it wasn't that much time to really train up for it. So probably was actually what probably wasn't the best shape of my life going to RASP, but I was still obviously able to meet the physical requirements needed to pass. So went to RASP, did that, got selected to Ranger Regiment, and then was, uh, well, before I went to RASP, I got fenced by 375 to become an episode for them. Uh, basically, how the process works to go to, to RASP 2, you had to put your packet into the um, 75th recruiting page, and basically, uh, they send your packet out to each battalion. And then based on each battalion, uh, they kind of put in a preference for you and kind of what they call it, like kind of pre-select you or fence you uh, to go to RASP 2. So if you already have a slot to RASP 2, that means the battalion has already selected you to go to their battalion. Uh, so uh, for guys that are interested in going, if you get a slot to go to RASP 2, you've essentially already made it. All you have to do is just be to pass RASP 2 and to not fail out of RASP 2. So that was, uh, I didn't really know that at the time, but then in retrospect, that was an interesting way of thinking about it because you already had the job, essentially. Like the, the, Based on what you had on paper, the respective battalions already believed in you enough to send you to RASP 2 to prove that you belonged in the organization. So all you had to do is show up and really prove to them that you belonged. So I did that. Went to RASP 2, got selected, and then went to 375. And then... Got to 375, I want to say, in like November, December of 2014. Uh, so I was able to do two full training cycles with them, essentially, which was awesome. Uh, so kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about life as an FSO in Ranger Regiment. So life as an FSO in Ranger Regiment was, to put it, to put it honestly, fucking awesome. It is, without a doubt, the highlight of my life working in range regiment as an FSO. Like, I don't know if there's going to be anything or any job I'll have in the future that will ever take that like place in my memory and like in my, in my soul and my heart as kind of like the, the period of time that was probably the most formative for my life. And probably the one I kind of look back on as probably the most influential in, in making me who I am today. Uh, it was, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, I can't tell you how the periods of like absolute stress and uh, just hardship, not really hardship, but like the periods of like stress and like anxiety that I faced for those two years, uh, but I would not have traded it for anything else possible. Uh, so basically as an FSO and Ranger Regiment, you're like an FSO in any infantry company. You work for the commander, and basically, you, for training events, you do the fire the fires plan and support to in order to support the commander's mission. And then, basically, after, besides that, you're obviously in charge of running your fist uh, with your FSNCO of training, motivating, inspiring uh, your fist. Uh, I was really lucky with my fist. I inherited a really good, a great fist. Well, I inherited a fist with a lot of potential. When I got there, only. Uh, I want to say two guys, or only one guy had his ta- his tab. Out of the six guys that, uh, out of the six FOs I had, one was in school at the time. 
uh, well, he got his tab after I came back, or after he got his tab after I showed up. So I kind of said that um, I was there for him, and that was my guy <laughs> that got his tab because I was there. But it's not probably not the most accurate statement. But then uh, over the times, I had a my fist was actually a great group of guys. Uh, like I said, I was super lucky. They had so much potential. I think half my fist, half the FOs already had college. They had their college degree. Two of them were transfers from 82nd uh, as like E4s or E3s from 82nd. So both of these guys already had deployments with the 82nd doing uh, like infantry, FOs and stuff. And then the ones other, the ones that were straight out from high school had already been there for at least two training cycles. So they already were experienced enough to know like or like great FOs to begin with. So I didn't really have to teach or, t- or train them that much at all. So I inherited like a great group of FOs. They were one more mature than the average FO or the average range of private. These guys are smarter just because they were FOs. They're more they're smarter than your typical uh, 11 Bravos just because uh, I think to become an FO, you have to have a higher GT score than or higher ASVAP or whatever it is than your 11 Bravos. So these guys are smarter, more mature, and just really coachable and trainable. Um, throughout my two years in this company, I sent all my guys to ranger school, and then I ended up having a fully tabbed uh, fist, which I can't, I I can't, I don't know, like, historically if that's a first or not, but I like to think that I was the first, at least in remote history, to have a fully tabbed fist. But um, I will throw in the fact that my company, Deco, was getting, like, uh, reorganized to become the HHC company. So we didn't really get any new guys while I was there after the first year. So that's probably why we were able to get a fully tabbed fist because we didn't get any new guys coming in without tabs. So, But at the same time, I brought in four tabs with my FOs. So I still kind of claim uh, responsibility for that, bringing four tabs into the Ranger Regiment. But anyways, uh, so as an FSO, uh, I guess I'll talk, I'll, talk a little more, uh, I'll talk a little bit about... Uh, the fires train that we do in regiment and at battalion. So, uh, if you guys understand like the purpose of a J of a fire of an FO, their job is really to work with the PL to call for fires to support the, the maneuver of the infantry platoon. So as a result, an FO not only needs to be able to work well with their platoon, they also need to be good at their job of calling for fire. So that creates a very um, difficult balance that I had to deal with with my guys because what I didn't want is to have protect my guys too much and have them just do it fire stuff only and then they wouldn't have that relationship with their platoons and with the PLs to really be trusted to call for fire so that was like the challenge that I faced during our during the training cycles when to send my guys down the platoons and have them work with the platoons or to hold them as a fist to do fire training and luckily um, because of the fact that we have to call for fires with assets, there's not much training that we could do internally. Uh, so besides some like call for fire trainers that I would put on like once a training cycle, uh, they were pretty much free to go with their platoons and work with their platoons. And then our battalions would put on training events for us too, where we go off post on TDY to uh, Campbell into Campbell a couple of times. We would go to uh, Tampa, we would go to Eglin Air Force Base. Pretty much we'd go wherever assets were to work with assets. 
so we worked with a lot of ton of assets like f-16s f-35s worked with uh the um 160th guys at campbell we would work pretty much with any anybody and everybody that our battalion f our battalion fist could put on for us so that was kind of the i guess one of the downsides if you or one of the benefits or downsides of being a fire guy in battalion is that we were going essentially one week every month. We were going on TDY to go do a fires event. So that could be tough if you're married or tough in the family um, if you're gone once a weekend during the training cycle on top of deployments, on top of MLATs, on top of TFTs, which are like task force training, which is usually off post. So when I was in like 375, I would estimate that I was gone six months of the year from home. And at the time, I was, um, I was dating a girl, but we weren't living together. So it was just really, really busy. We were just going constantly, doing tra- training, traveling. And then when we weren't training, we we're kind of a little more relaxed. But if you're ever in regiment, in regiment you know there's never a dull moment and you're always training or doing something uh, productive. So that's what we kind of did on on during the training cycle is that we would go and work with assets, which was probably kind of some of the coolest things that I've ever done. I think the coolest training event that I ever did was we went down to Tampa to McDill at SOCOM. It was a JSOC uh, fires training event. So pretty much we had tons of assets. We had like Navy HH-60s flying us around. We had like F-18s, F-16s, AC-130s. Pretty much all the Air Force Air Force assets were there to support this JSOC training mission. Uh, they had JTACs coming from the Air Force 724th, whatever which one it is, the ones that support um, uh, Delta out of Bragg. We had like SF JTACs, we had RJ JTACs, um, there are Air Force JTACs there as well, the guys from the 17th STS, which are the JTACs to support Ranger Regiment. So like all these JTACs were down at uh, Tampa, and it was the sickest training event I've ever done. Basically, they would fly us out to um these ranges and then all of the jtacs would do would just call for fire uh, and do like nine lines for like hours at a time and then just get exfiled back uh to mcdill and it was sick um they would pick us up in these navy hh60s which is blackhawks uh just navy blackhawks but we flew you know doors open seats out uh, but it was just i mean i can't like describe what it was like flying over tampa over the water seeing the sun and like you're just sitting with your feet hanging out the door with your feet dangling over the water just flying and then you just you land on this like training uh this range and you just start calling for fire and you just you, you're just watching like f-16s do gun runs you know like ac-130s dropping rounds it was just awesome like I, it was a great time uh, to be to work with them and just kind of do that, so that's probably the highlight. What that I look back as one of my favorite training events. But we also tons of training events worth like working with like one sixtieth, doing like our fi- like our fist competitions, best fist competitions in the battalion. Those are always fun times too. But it was just a great time in battalion, doing these training events, calling for fire, working with all these assets, and just really. Um, reaching kind of the apex of what you can do as a 13 alpha i don't think there's anything past like a ranger fso i think that's the most um 
you'll ever get to do working with assets, uh, controlling assets, calling for fire, and then really being with the guys. Um, unless you go like enlisted as an officer as a 13 alpha, I don't know what else you could do that would ever uh, take that spot or ever supersede that experience besides like, I don't know. Actually, I don't think anything could ever possibly replace that as a 13 alpha. Uh, you could argue that like maybe as like a, as a post command captain, 13 alpha, you could possibly do some of the cool stuff because at that point they usually make, uh, send their, uh, the battalion FSOs to SOTEC to become JTACs. Uh, so that's like the only option. And one of the few options you have to become a JTAC as a 13 alpha is to go, uh, become a battalion FSO. Or if you're lucky as a company FSO, they send some battalions, send the company FSOs to SOTEC or JTAC QC uh, to become JTACs, which I don't think and you can do anywhere else as a 13 alpha besides like if you're really lucky going to like an SF battalion or something or SF support battalion or something, you might be able to do that. But um, yeah, so being like a 13 alpha in Ranger Regiment is probably the the best job you can ever get as a 13 alpha uh, so uh talked a little bit about how i got to regiment day in the life of a 13 alpha in regiment uh and then i guess i'll finish up with some advice um about how to get to 13 to become an fso in ranger regiment so the first thing you have to do is one get your tab uh, there's no easy way about it. There's no shortcut to getting your tab. You have to go get your tab to even be considered to be an FSO in regiment. And once you get your tab, uh, you're instantly put in this very small pool. Like, I don't know how many, you know, JOs or junior officers there are, 13 alphas that have their tab. But, I mean, there can't be that many. Maybe, like, I mean, in my bullet class, maybe, like, there were two or three that got their tabs out of the entire class. So... If you do the math, I mean, you're looking at maybe like 1% to 2% of all FA officers have their tab. So if you have your tab, you're immediately elevated to this very small pool. So the first thing you have to do is get your tab. The second thing you need to do is to do your good, to be a good FSO in the big army. Um, I think a lot of the time guys can kind of get wrapped up in their end state and kind of miss the journey and the process along the way. Um, I think we can like get fixated on getting the regiment, becoming a Ranger FSO, but then in doing so, you kind of miss things that you could learn from along the way as a big army FSO. For example, like I think I did a pretty good job as a big army FSO because I put my full effort and my full devotion into my job and I strove to be the best FSO I could be. I didn't try to be the best FSO I could be to go to Ranger Regiment. I strove to be the best FSO I could because that's what I wanted to do. And I chose to really pour like my utmost effort in, into doing that. And as a result, I was able to, you know, learn a lot from my FSNCO. I made a good impression, like company commander, battalion commander, and really like set myself up for success to even go to uh, Ranger School and then even go to RASP after I came back from Ranger School because I had that credibility. Like everyone knew that I was like a pretty squared away guy because I showed up, I was physically fit, I worked hard, I knew I did my job well, and I trained my guys well. So that's kind of like the basis of everything you should do in the military is that 
you need to do the basics well and you need to put the effort in in the current job whatever job it may be and then if you do really well in your current job that you can only say you have a better success in the future the ultimate but the alternate is also true too if you just think about the future you kind of aren't committing yourself to the present and your current job and as a result i think sometimes you can kind of get wrapped up and not put your full effort into your current job because you know oh this isn't going to make me um you know isn't going to help me get the ranger regiment as an fso no you can't really think about it that way it's like every step in the journey is part of the process and then you might not see it at the time but it's part of the journey and you need to do well at every step of the journey in order to get to your end goal you can't skip steps you have to take each step at a time to make it to the top so uh that's kind of my two big things is to really get your tab and to just really be a good episode period like you have to be a good leader you have to be physically fit you have to be a good dude and you have to be able to work well with others you have to be a good leader and really know your job in terms of fires like um i think like some fso's or some like fa officers can kind of get like i don't know complacent in their ability to call for fire like that's your that's like the basic level that's your like your level your skill level is one task is to be able to call for fire and like if you show up to any unit like in regiment like in, in your regiment like that's one of the first things I showed my guys that I knew how to call for fire and that, you know, I knew what I was talking about because that like shows that forms the basis of their respect. That and being physically fit and not being like a fat piece of shit. Like I can't tell you how important it is, like how important appearances are and how important your credibility is as an officer in rage regiment. Like, um, especially in regiment, like enlisted guys can stay there for, you know, eight to 10 years officers cycle through every one to two years so like officers come and go but the enlisted dudes are kind of the backbone of the ranger regiment and you know as an officer they don't think you're like you have to prove yourself that you deserve to be there because at the end of the day you're just rotating through and you're just another if like another officer that's passing through and that's like kind of the challenge that you have to face is how can you you know leave an impact on these guys when you're only there for a year or two years like how can you really one earn their respect two like form your own culture your own team and then three leave the organization better than you found it and i think those are kind of the things that's kind of like basic leadership tenets too is like you need to uh, earn respect you got to create a culture and then leave the organization at a better place than you found it um but that's like some basic leadership stuff that uh i think it's important to really recognize and understand and then what else to be to make it the range regiment i mean that's pretty much about it like i don't think deployments are really important to to get selected to go to rasp too i think if you have a tab as an fa officer and have uh, a good reputation in your parent organization like you're a good fso to begin with I think you'll um, find yourself in very s- small company to go to uh, get selected with rasps. And obviously you have to be like physically fit. Like you have to be physically fit. There's no like, no ifs, ands, or buts. You have to be physically fit. And luckily, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a follower of us. And, you know, we have t- the, the tools of the trade. And, you know, we have 
the programs for you to get physically fit. So if you're struggling with fitness and you uh, want to take your fitness to the next level, look no further. Check out any of our programs, especially that Ranger School stuff to help you get ready to go to Ranger School. I guess I'll kind of conclude by saying, like, Ranger Regiment, there's nothing that I could possibly, like I said before, like, there's nothing I don't think in the future, in my future life, that will ever replace the memories I formed with my, with my FOs uh, in Ranger Regiment. Like, uh, that was, I think, the apex of my military career. I don't think anything will ever kind of take those memories away from me. Uh, like, the memories of flying around seats out doors open the feet dangling out it's like watching the world below you like jumping doing all these cool fires events you know doing the nine lines with f-16s and f-35s doing like cca calls for fire talking to ac-130s talking to like you know like drone like rpas uh it was just i don't know just the the best experience and the most formative experience of my life. I guess I could talk a little bit about that, how much, what regiment, what regiment did and kind of changed me. Like, uh, I guess coming on a regiment, I was, I considered myself, like, it gave me so much confidence in my abilities that, like, nothing that I do nowadays really bothers me or really stresses me out or really gets to me. Like, like in med school, a lot of people, like a lot of my classmates always like complain about like how hard it is, like how much I have to study and like, I don't know, just get kind of wrapped up in like the, the small, like non like inconsequential things. But you know, like I, like people like, I don't know. It's just like, it's just comical almost how, how people get kind of wrapped up in these small things, but that's just kind of like civilian, the difference between like civilian and military. Like there's never going to be anything harder I'll never do anything harder, <laughs> physically or mentally harder, than anything at Ranger School. And I think that's like I didn't really appreciate it at the time at Ranger School, cause that shit fucking sucked. But like looking back on it now, like there's nothing that will ever replace, or ever compare to how tired, how hungry, how like fucked up I was in Ranger School. Uh, well, nothing will ever compare to that. Like, like right now, like I'm in a, at in the hospital we do we do a 24-hour call once a week and like i don't sleep during 24-hour call like i wake like i wake up at 4 30 the day before and i go to sleep at like zero nine the next day so i'm up for like i don't know like 30 30 32 hours like i don't really get tired uh people like my other the med, my peers the other med students like you can see they like in their eyes like around like two or three o'clock in the morning, just you see them fading. And it's like, I'm like, I'm good. You know, I've been way more tired than this. I've had way less sleep than this. Like, and these people just like get super wrapped up and like how tired they are. They like kind of lose that mental capacity, that mental edge. Uh, but I love it. Like, um, I definitely feed on people's like weaknesses now. And I love when I see, like, other people suffering. And that's something I, like, picked up at Ranger School. Like, feeding on other people's suffering. Feeding on other people's, like, weaknesses. It just, like, motivates me to, like, pushes me to go farther and harder. Uh, but anyways, I, I kind of digress. But, like, you you won't really appreciate it until years later for, like, Ranger School or Ranger Regiment. And how that kind of shaped, like, shapes you and makes you... 
a better man, a better leader, a more qualified individual, and just just a harder person. Like, I can't I can't really compare myself to my like civilian peers, but like, uh, I uh, like I'm just different, you know. And I don't think people appreciate it until they like get out of the military and kind of go back to civilian life. Like, we're different. <laughs> like. I don't know how else to explain it. Like we think differently, we act differently. It just kind of it's hard to compare yourself to a civilian person that had never served in the military, never went to Ranger School or ever went to Ranger Regiment, you know. Like it's a very small and select breed. And it's actually it's paid off a lot for me, um in medicine, in my future too. Uh I did an interview with the program director down here at uh at San Antonio. And when I showed up to go talk to him, he's like, "Oh, I know your story already. I looked you, I looked your your paperwork over months ago, and I knew you were coming." And I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "I mean, I sent in like my like resume, like when I signed up to come rotate here, but uh, it was just like, you know, once you have this background, you have this reputation, like just having or just coming from Ranger Regiment, that opens doors for you that you never." expect or never realize until it happens like having that on your resume puts you in a very elite group of individuals and then you can only go higher or go off from there um so that's i guess what i'll kind of open or close out on is that regiment uh will open regiment and ranger school will open doors for you that you never never thought were possible and kind of set you up set you up for success in the future without you even realizing it at the time, and make you just a better person, a better leader, a better man, like just a all around a better person, if you are able to I guess survive and thrive in the environment. I will I will say that not not every FSO I had that I served with were uh, the best or the best dudes, especially also in regiment. For the vast majority, like all the officers I was served with, all like all the lieutenants, they're all great fucking dudes, uh, guys that I would go to war in a heartbeat with. Uh, but there was a couple that kind of you wonder how they get there, how they slip through the cracks. But that's the only who are there. Um, you, if you're if you're elite, you you rise to the top. Like as as I say, like the cream always rises to the top. And if you are the type of individual that belongs. And Ranger Regiment, you'll get there uh, if you want to get there. But uh, if you have this inflated sense of self that is kind of uh, separated from reality, you might think you belong there, but you don't, man. And that's that's a tough tough uh, pill to swallow. You have to do some deep soul searching and really think for yourself whether or not you belong in an organization. Uh, if you truly belong, just because you think you belong somewhere doesn't mean it's true. If especially if you aren't able to do some self analysis, some self, you know, self reflection, and really look at yourself and tell your and ask yourself if you if you are a good leader, if you are elite enough or as good as you think you are. So I'll kind of close on that note. So I challenge you guys to really think about who you are, what type of leader you are, and whether or not you can even live up to the mantle and the title of being a ranger. Um, as always, guys, you can hit us up online at www.coronasfit.org. Excuse me. Email us hq at coronasfit.org or on Instagram at coronasfit. 
I will catch you guys uh, next week. I thank God we'll be back home. Uh, we'll be done in San Antonio. Uh, so hopefully I have some more free time to do some, uh, some more work at Cronus to get some stuff, more initiatives going through, and uh, update our site a little bit and uh, get some more stuff out for there for you guys. So until next time, guys, later.